Hello and welcome to Foundation Stones from Refuge City Church. Having a solid foundation for our walk with Jesus Christ is vital for every Christian, especially in the times we live in. Through God's word, candid conversations, and everyday application, the aim is to help you build your foundation so you can stand strong for God every day. Buckle in and prepare your heart. Pray this, God, ready my heart for your truth that I might be more like you. We hope today's episode empowers you to grow in your walk with Jesus. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, it's Foundation Stones time. I'm excited to be back with you for today's episode, episode 119, and I'm entitling this teaching today, The Harvest. The Harvest. I'm excited to be able to talk about what Jesus really meant when he was talking about the harvest, about the importance of us going out into all the world and reaping a harvest in the middle of the time that we each live in. I think this is a profound thing for us to think about because really we each have an assignment. We each have a job to do, and I want to talk about that today. You see, we've talked about the Great Commission on Foundation Stones before. In fact, it was episode 29, if you'd like to go back and listen to it. And this term, Great Commission, is referring to the final instructions of Jesus when he was telling his disciples what he expected them to be doing until he returns someday. And it's found in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. This is right before Jesus is getting ready to ascend back into heaven. And he tells his disciples this very important instruction. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. You see, this is our mission given by Jesus, and it's our co-mission. C-O, mission, meaning that Jesus promised that he would be with us as we accomplished it. He said, here's what I want you to do, and I will be with you as you do it. It's our commission. See, Jesus has always been about, and he always will be about, souls. Souls. People who have walked away from the Father. People who are returning in repentance and surrender to God so that they can spend eternity with God in heaven. Reconciling man to himself. That's what Jesus was all about. His mission has not changed. And since he's not returned as of yet, (laughs) we're still living within this instruction. Go share the good news. Go and reap a harvest. What is this harvest that Jesus keeps talking about? You see, Jesus likened the magnitude of people who have not yet turned to God to a field of wheat that's ready to be harvested. And this imagery makes exceptional sense to me as I live in the country and and I like to watch as my neighbors prepare fields for harvest in a yearly rhythm. As I'm recording this, it's springtime and The harvest hasn't really started to grow yet, but the farmers are definitely out there with their big machines and they're fertilizing the ground and they're tilling it up and they're preparing for this growing season. And as I'm walking around sometimes on those long walks that I'll take from time to time, one thing is for certain, the fields are huge because the farmer wants a bumper crop. They don't just want to plant a garden, they're planting a crop. They want to have a huge harvest. And something else is certain. For the magnitude of work to do, I've noticed this. There is sure a need for more people to help. Those few farmers have a lot to do. They've got big machines. It's amazing, but they work tirelessly. They work day and night. Sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll hear the machines out there because they want to make sure that they don't lose the harvest that their livelihood is deeply invested in. Maybe there's a storm on the way. Maybe there's a freeze on the way, and they can't afford 
to miss out on their investment. And you see, my friend, God is no different. In the same way, there's a pending end to the age that we live in, and Jesus wants to make sure that his entire harvest, his entire investment is brought back into the silos so that none is lost. He's well aware that this is a big job, and he's well aware that he has entrusted this job to people who will have to rely on him for strength to accomplish the task. Why don't we look at a few of Jesus' word pictures so we can understand a little bit more why God chooses to show us his urgency in the picture of a farmer harvesting a crop. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 35. Let's take a look at this together. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus used these agricultural pictures quite a bit, and So I wanted to look up this word harvest. Out of the Oxford Dictionary, harvest is described as the process or period of gathering in crops. And in the same way, the Greek word for harvest is therismos, and it's the act of reaping or gathering a crop. In John chapter 4, I want to read a scripture for you here that is in a story that you're probably pretty familiar with. I've talked about it a few times here on the Foundation Stones podcast, but I want to emphasize these few verses because there's something about what Jesus said here that should create an obedience in our hearts because Jesus isn't messing around. Jesus isn't lollygagging when it comes to his mission, and he actually calls us to have the same kind of urgency that he has. John chapter 4, verse 34, says this, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. So I'm reading that portion of scripture and when I read these words of Jesus in John chapter 4, something really strikes me. Remember where Jesus is in this story. And what he's doing when we're reading these words out of John chapter 4, he's just finished talking to the woman at the well. A woman who is a Samaritan, a person who's rejected from the Jewish culture. She's a reject. She has been disowned by the Jewish people. And she was so overwhelmed with the message that Jesus brought to her that she ran back to the village, a Samaritan village full of people that have been rejected by the Jewish people. And she brought everybody who would listen to her to hear Jesus. And then Jesus' disciples were amazed to see Jesus behaving this way. Didn't he know he shouldn't be talking to Samaritans? Didn't Jesus know that he shouldn't be talking to a woman? And didn't Jesus know he shouldn't be talking to a sinner? Jesus told his disciples who were questioning his motives that he didn't even need to eat anymore because the interaction that he had just had with this woman was bread enough for him. To do the will of the Father or to do the co-mission was enough to satisfy his deepest longings. 
Jesus carried an urgency about his mission that seems to be missing in many of our hearts today. While we tend to make up all kinds of excuses as to why we don't need to be opening our mouths to testify and possibly reap a harvest of souls for Jesus, he says, why wait? Why say it's still four months? The harvest is ready right now. Because it's not any different now than it was then. There's still a lot of work to be done. And Jesus could see there was work to be done. And he was about his father's business. He wound up touching that entire Samaritan village because he was willing to talk to one woman. And yet today, we recognize not only is there a lot of work to be done, but there is astronomically more work to be done because the population is exceptionally larger than it was then. See, like I was saying, when I go on those long walks near my home on the outskirts of town, I walk by large fields of alfalfa or potatoes or wheat or whatever it is the farmers are growing that year. And it's amazing that there are acres upon acres upon acres of potential sitting there in the sunlight, waiting for one or maybe two farmers to come along someday with a tractor and chop it down and bring it in to be used. If I were the farmer, the size and the scale of the job would be overwhelming. This is going to take forever. Matthew chapter 9, back to our core verse today, verse 35, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Thinking about Jesus, he's out there plowing the field and reaping a harvest, and It just seemed like the more that he preached, the more that he still had to preach, the more people there were to reach, the more people who were attracted to his message. And I assure you, I promise you, in fact, that we have job security. (laughs) Presently, there are over 8 billion souls on planet Earth. You're not soon going to run out of people to testify to about Jesus. Jesus went from city to city, village to village, and he taught, and he preached, and he healed. And guess what happened? More and more and more people kept coming to experience the message and the ministry of Jesus. The more he did, the more he had to do. We have to recognize that it's important for us to stay connected in prayer to God and fellowship with our fellow laborers so that we don't lose our compassion because as the job increases, as the influence increases, as the crowds increase in size because people are hearing the good news and they want to be touched too, we're going to need a source that's bigger than we are. The need is always going to be greater than our capacity to reach it. And sometimes because of the scale of the job, we allow it to paralyze us and we don't do anything because we're afraid to do something. That's why we surely need the full infilling empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because when the goodness of God is moving, and when he's using us for his glory, more and more and more will come, and more and more and more will need to be done. We have limited time on this planet, and there is an urgency. Jesus said, why say four more months until the harvest? The harvest is now. Jesus said the harvest was plentiful. This means that the silos will be full when the message goes out. There will always be people to preach to. There will always be people to touch. There will always be people to heal. And the fruit will only mean that there is more to do. Don't ever lie to yourself and think your job is over. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how insufficient you feel you are. Your job is out in front of you and God has called you to it. He said to do it and he would fill you with the power to accomplish what you are assigned to do. As long as you're breathing, you can testify and you can stay in the field doing something. 
I actually recently heard of a man who is presently dealing with sudden and severe paralysis. And he's in an assisted living facility. He can't get out and he can't move around. And so he's actually asked God for the people to come to him. And so far since he's been there, he's led 15 people to Jesus and he's believing now for the 16th. (laughs) All this was while he's confined to a bed. And so I love it. He's just eliminated all of our excuses. (laughs) That's a heaven perspective if I've ever seen one. Because you see, the harvest is plentiful. And everywhere we go, there is someone, somewhere, waiting to hear the message of hope that you and I carry. You see, the harvest requires that we remain compassionate, that we have the compassion of God. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, we're continuing in our core scripture. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. He didn't see the job increasing and then lose heart and get discouraged and get frustrated with the people and get frustrated that he never got a day off and he never got to do anything for himself. (laughs) He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You see, Jesus was moved by compassion not by obligation. Can I say that again? Because this is really important because sometimes we just see this as a job and we don't see it as an act of worship and service to our King who saved us. Jesus was moved by compassion, not by obligation. So was Jesus obligated? (laughs) I believe he was. He was obligated to his mission, to heaven's mandate on his life. But was obligation his source? No, I don't think so. Compassion fueled by the Holy Spirit, (laughs) was his source. You see, with Jesus, the bigger the crowd, the bigger the compassion. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. He was moved to action. He was moved to love and to mercy and to proclaim the goodness of God. He didn't let the size of the job overwhelm him. He just kept plowing through and loving people and declaring that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. See, sometimes when we see the job intensify, our compassion wanes and we get overwhelmed and we want to quit. You see, it's really all about compassion. The disciples came to Jesus when there was a multitude that he told them to feed and they had five loaves and two fish and and they basically said, what good is so little in light of so many? But Jesus, in his compassion, fed the multitude with a little boy's lunch. You see, Jesus was always full. Jesus knew how to be refilled on a regular daily basis. Jesus often went to the mountain to have his cup filled back up. In fact, he even went there right after the multitudes were sent away, Matthew 14, 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now an evening came. He was alone there. You see, the harvest, the need, the magnitude of mission that you and I carry requires prayer. We need to have our cup filled up. Matthew 9.36 says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Now, if he was all frayed out with the pressures of life and he had allowed himself to get overwhelmed and disconnected from the Father, he would have never been moved with compassion the bigger the job got. He probably would have sent the crowd away a whole lot sooner. But I personally feel like in Jesus' life that his personal prayer revived compassion, that his flesh responded to that prayer time 
by being moved with compassion when he saw the needs. When Jesus ministered urgently to the harvest field, he would dismiss the crowds after he'd ministered to them, and he would crawl up on a mountainside to pray and to refresh. The bigger the harvest field, the bigger the prayer. We can't do this thing by ourselves. Jesus went to the mountain. We need to go to the mountain. God is not as interested in personality harvesters as he is in faithful harvesters. You see, I believe that we're entering into a season where the harvester won't have a big name in lights or on the title of YouTube videos. Today's harvester will be in the trenches, caring more about the needs of the one person in front of them than the accolade of men. He's interested in people who are willing to get their hands dirty in the middle of the need, rather than to build a kingdom of their own. Jesus told us very pointedly that the harvest is huge. And then he said something else. The laborers are few. He instructed us very intently that we are to pray for more laborers. When Jesus went up on that mountainside to pray, I wonder, I wonder, was this a part of his prayer? Father, send more laborers into the field. The harvest is white. I want them to help me. Can God do it by himself? Could Jesus have done it by himself? Of course he could. But he includes us in his mission for the purpose of our testimony, reaching the hearts of those that have not yet heard the good news. He wants our cooperation and he wants our story and he wants to share in this harvest with us. This is a commission after all. You see, Jesus told us that because we've received, we need to be giving away what we received. Matthew 10 verse 8, it says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. God desires his sons and his daughters to multiply, not to sit as trophies on a shelf. Let me say that again and let your heart and your mind wrap around this picture. God desires his sons and his daughters to multiply, not to sit on a shelf as a trophy. He wants us in the field with him, co-laboring with him, partnering and sharing the greatest message ever told, not just sitting in the stands watching a few special people do what he's told us all to do. Because the harvest, the harvest that is white, requires laborers. When the harvest is white, you've got to get it up and into the silos as quick as possible. Matthew 9, 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Verse 38, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The prayer is for laborers. But can I tell you, my friend, we all qualify to be those laborers. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray for the harvest. Pray for more people to get saved and pray for more people to get involved with getting more people saved so that they can get involved and so that they can get more people saved and so on and so on until the whole world hears and the end comes. But Jesus is also emphasizing that every Christian, every believer has a part to play in bringing in this massive harvest. Pray, yes. But by all means, get into the field. Harvest. Go share the good news with somebody. Get in the field and start filling up your wheelbarrow with some souls. Let's get after it. Because we've got to partner our prayer with a willingness to get involved. See, I've noticed something in my own prayers for the harvest, and I've noticed it in the prayers of many others who pray for the laborers to come into the harvest. I'm willing to pray that God sends somebody 
But many times, I'm unwilling to be that somebody. What if we became the answer to our own prayer? What if we prayed for harvesters and then we became the harvesters we prayed for every single day on our own workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our relationships? The field is huge. You can have a slice of the field. There's not so many Christians out there doing it that you're competing for some ground. (laughs) In fact, Jesus says there's not enough people out there. Let's go harvest some of this field that Jesus told us was white and ready for the harvest. Because what I see in John chapter 4 is that Jesus is emphasizing to us that the harvest requires action. It's urgent. It needs to happen right now. Matthew 9.37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So yes, we pray. And then we harvest. Don't wait around. If you say, I'm waiting on the Lord to go get out in the harvest, you are waiting for something that Jesus has already told you to do. John 4.35, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. So could I echo Jesus' words to you? And they're going to resonate deep in my spirit as well. Lift up your eyes. Don't find another excuse. Don't look for a reason to disqualify yourself. Don't look behind you to see if Jesus is talking to somebody else. Lift up your eyes and see that the harvest is already plentiful. Your loved ones need to know Jesus. Your coworkers need to know Jesus. Your fellow students need to know Jesus. Your neighbors need to know Jesus. And because you're in their life, you are the laborer that you have prayed for. And so lift up your eyes. It's not somebody else's job. It's your job. And it's my job. You see, the harvest truly is white. And we are the answer to the prayers that more laborers would come into the field. Let's get after it, my friends. Let's go for it. I want you for just a moment to call out somebody's name that you want to know comes to Jesus. I want to pray that God would draw their hearts and that God would give us an opportunity to reap that harvest to bring him glory. And so Jesus, right now, we pray for our neighbor. We pray for our coworker. We pray for our lost family member. We pray for those ones that are in our neighborhood that are white for the harvest. Lord, they might not be as antagonistic towards the gospel as we've convinced ourselves they are. Lord, I pray for open doors, and I pray that we would be bold and courageous enough to walk through those doors when they open. Forgive us of being timid. Forgive us of expecting it to be someone else's job. Forgive us of being spectators when you've called us to be right in the middle of a field. Holy Spirit, come and fill us with your fire and with your passion, the empowering that will transform us and will help us, Lord, to reach those that don't yet know you. Give us the words on our lips when we need them and give us the courage to act when our moment arrives. God, I pray you'd protect us, but more important than that, I pray you would embolden us so that, Lord, we would never let an opportunity pass us by because truly the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few and we want to help fill those gaps. Lord, bless each one of my friends. May they do the work of an evangelist. May they be fruitful and may they bring in a harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join us next time for another deep dive into the foundation stones of our faith in Jesus Christ. For more information about Refuge City Church or to join our giving team to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ moving forward and making resources like this podcast available into the future, visit refugecity.church.